What is going on, everyone? Be- Welcome back to Stirring the Pot, episode number nine. Uh, I'm going to be hosting. I'm Connor, and I've got RJ, Gabe, Andrew, and we are going to be having Cameron on for NFL, and we've got a special guest along with us for NFL. We will reveal him later on. But first, guys, how we doing? Uh, hey, we're hanging in. Um, what was it? Yeah, two days ago, uh, the new ranking for reveal. We'll get into that later, but yeah, ooh, that, it's gonna be some interesting discussion. I'm excited for it. It, it has gotten a little steamy. Yeah, no English class today, and hey. only a science hey. exam. So I got off easy. Hey. Hey, no. Yeah, I didn't go to my English class today either. <laughs> oh wait, we got the same grade, didn't we, Gabe? Yeah, we did. Let's go. I mean, getting close to finals. It's uh. Not a fun time in college, no. so to speak. Actually, I actually looked at it because of the schedule and everything. This is the second to last um, episode before break. It is. In yep. uh, come two weeks' time, we will be back at our humble abodes, having the time of our lives, hopefully. Loki forgot what my house looked like. I didn't even know that yeah. was a word. <laughs> humble abode? Really? Yeah. You've, never, you really, heard you've never heard of that? I've never heard that before. That doesn't shock Yeah. Me. That seems like a white dad kind of phrase. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get right into it. So, there is a lot going on around the football world, especially the college football world, with Michigan. Now, again, there's nothing set in stone with that. We've been mentioning it over the past few weeks. Michigan is in the midst of a sign-stealing scandal, and this week they brought in a very interesting update to the party, and I feel like they are playing a bit of the blame game. They are bringing Ohio State... Purdue, and I believe it was Rutgers. Rutgers? Yeah. They brought all three of them into the sign-stealing pot, and they are stirring the pot <laughs> right now. Wow. Uh, that, that was something. <laughs> that was that was corny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to, but more, more updates are going to come. Uh, Connor Stallings was fired from his position at Michigan, and it is... It's an ongoing investigation. We will update you guys with whatever we find in the coming weeks. I mean, absolutely. There, I have heard a bunch of rumblings around, like if Harbaugh does end up getting suspended, uh, Michigan is gathering lawyers as most likely we speak, just getting ready to try and, I guess, counter sue the Big Ten. Um, the Big Ten, uh, for people who don't know, we not, we are under a first-year um, newer commissioner, I think Tony Patetti, I think is his name. Still, I mean, it's it's going to be a very interesting uh, discussion on how that's going to happen. And I think even for the NCAA, they're not going to really be on as quickly. This is kind of a Big Ten matter right now because the NCAA is usually – they take time and it's slower for them to get, like, the actual full full investigation done. But, I, I mean, this is kind of unprecedented. And I think the Big Ten will – I think they want to try and make an example of this and make sure it doesn't happen again to uh, any Big Ten school or even any school in the NCAA. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of uh, stuff swirling around. I know we touched on it last week towards the end of our college football segment. Stephen A. Smith came out saying that he thinks that Michigan should be banned from the college football playoff. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I, I mean, as much as obviously to some people that would be obvious punishment, it's not going to happen. I think it's just too outworldly. I mean, for these kids, they've been playing. They've been working their tails off all season, all year. And, I mean, it's kind of too late to do anything about that. If it was more towards the beginning of the year, I could see that. 
because, I mean, they still would have been in, like, the weaker points of their schedule and wouldn't have had to gone through Big Ten Conference play yet. But it's not going to happen. I think really the only thing that would happen is I would assume Harbaugh doesn't coach the rest of the year, maybe, or maybe they do it as the rest of the regular season and the Big Ten Championship and then leave it at that. And if they still make it, they'll let them coach. But I, I really don't know. There's not much. It's kind of a guessing game. I honestly think that they're not going to do anything. Um, it seems like more of an off-season matter, so they can get all the facts and get all everything right, so they don't like mess anything up. I'm not. I'm not a stranger to uh, let's just say controversy with what happened down in Washington. But as a Washington fan, seeing that uh, Stallion was fired. That's how it happened with us. We started firing person after person. And I'm like, what's going on? And, and it's like, these guys have been here for like 25 years, blah, blah, blah. And then they drop a bombshell and the organization's culture just went out the window. Yeah, it's um, we could be seeing a bit of a culture shift in Ann Arbor coming in and maybe next year even. I mean, it, it all depends on how the investigation goes. The only thing I kind of have against what you said, Gabe, was um, Tony Batetti actually in the Big Ten sent um, a letter out to Michigan because what the Big Ten has to do or any conference that's about to impose punishment on a program, they have to send them a letter like, I think it's something like 48, You've 24 hours. Of it. Basically, yeah, You've that's basically. Served. They basically said, okay, be, be prepared. We're, we are going to punish you in some way. And I think a punishment will be handed out. If honestly, maybe by the time we're done recording, there is a punishment out. We don't really know, but it, it's something that's going to happen though, and it's going to be this year. Yeah, there is certainly a lot of uncertainty around this. Uh, Michigan did write a ten-page "I didn't do it" letter to Big Ten. Uh, either I didn't do it, or they did it too. Um, so basically. We'll see whoever, who else gets dragged under the bus with Michigan. I mean, I think what was also in that letter is they alleged that Ohio State gave their signals to Purdue for the Big Ten title game that year. I, I really don't know if that's the case or not. I mean, this is alleged, so, I mean, we don't all really know. No one besides who's in that program and those other programs know the real truth. We'll have to figure it out, but uh, it's it, regardless, it's still not a good look for your program. Not at all. Uh, and in other news for other teams, uh, Iowa offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz is most likely out the window. I mean, we kind of saw that one coming. Um, and apparently, USC had a defensive coordinator. <laughs> it's, I didn't know and that either. now he's gone. So I'm honestly in mind to think, I know who Alex Grinch is, but at first I was half in mind to think that they just stuck in some random faculty person in there and said, all right, you're our DC, you're gone. But, I mean, we'll see if USC's defense is better without a coach. Yeah, I mean, Alex Grinch's name, I, I mean, as an Ohio State fan, uh, I have been familiar with him. He used to run our defense a couple years ago before we kind of had that. It was right before we had the big defensive slumps and everything we've had. Um, I mean, he he used to be a really good coordinator. I mean, I'm looking at it here. I mean, he was a four-time nominee for the Bros Award, which is given out to one of the nation's top assistant coaches. He's not really a coach to kind of just throw around, but, I mean, with this USC defense, I mean, they're holding back Caleb Blooms and everybody just so much on that, and it's hurting their whole season. So, I mean, it was the right move by obviousness. I think it something had to be done, and they are just going to try and finish out the season strong. Yeah. Um, I'd also like to coin the term uh, how the Grinch stole bowl season. <laughs> um, so 
It's like how the Grinch stole Christmas, but USC is not looking very good. Hey, people did say it could have been, uh, I think it was like week six or something, like West Virginia versus USC. Maybe we could still see that the way USC is treated. Oh, I mean, I mean, that would be that would be a spectacle of light. That'd be something. That man. would be absolutely incredible. All right, on to last week's games. Should I go first, guys? Go for it. All right. I did last week predict the margin of score of this game. It was six points more for each team, though. <laughs> okay, we, yeah. can, we can take back it our was golf claps. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, 27-24 was my original prediction. Texas takes down Kansas State 33-30 in overtime. Now, Malik Murphy, ugh. I I can't watch him play. It's bad. He just he just can't stop turning the ball over. I mean, when you think of Texas quarterbacks, you think of like Sam Ellinger. You think of current Quinn Ewers and Colt McCoy. the same thing. Colt McCoy, um, or even if you're thinking all the way back, Vince Young. Yeah, you always think of those solid, solid quarterbacks. But Malik Murphy just isn't that. He just doesn't look like that right now. 19-37, 248 yards, a touchdown, and two picks for a sub-50 QBR. I mean, it's just not good enough. I mean, it somehow, I mean, it got the job done, so I mean, fair enough on that, but I mean, still, I mean, you kind of tend to expect a little bit more. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of like a below-average performance, but I mean, they got the win. I mean, that Kansas State team was on the rise past couple weeks looking very impressive but i believe ewers is back though for texas against tcu yes yes he is that's very huge for them and malik murphy was basically saying screw it adonai mitchell down there somewhere (laughs) Uh, eight catches 149 yards and a touchdown keeping that texas longhorns team afloat against will howard throwing 327 yards and four touchdowns in the air Kansas State came on a little bit of a comeback in the second half. They should have won. They should have won. It's a, football is a team sport, and kicker, as a lot of people say, is not a, a, a position. It is because he sucked last game. Yeah, we all know. <laughs> we all know Andrew was cringing watching that game because that was that was some bad kicking. But Kansas State scoring sixteen in the fourth quarter to force overtime. It it was nothing. It was nothing short of what we expected. We expected it was going to be a great game. Uh, Texas goes to 8-1 and one after that. Uh, Jonathan Brooks with another solid performance. 22 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown. But what I predicted before, nothing in the passing game. He didn't have a single reception, which is weird because he has had a lot of receptions throughout the year. It, it just wasn't in the cards. And I think the one player that is holding this Texas team back is Malik Murphy right now. With Quinn Ewers... Do we think they could push for that playoff spot? I mean, absolutely, I think they can. I mean, you. But I, I, what they need to do, though, definitely, is you have to win out and win the Big 12 championship. That's oh, yeah. kind of without a doubt. But I think they're going to need help. Obviously, they're going to need help. That loss to Oklahoma like killed their chance to just control their own destiny. They're going to have to see what Washington and Oregon will get done. I mean... If one of the teams in the game, you know, the rivalry at the very, very end of the year between Ohio State and Michigan, if somebody gets blown out super horribly, or, I mean, we never know. It's kind of scenarios you can put in. Do they have a chance? Yes, but they're going to need a little bit more help. Yeah, they're going to need, obviously, to win out. Uh, even, if the, even if they win the Big 12, 
which I mean, I think it kind of seems inevitable at this point. We don't even know if they can get into that playoff spot because everyone in the top five or six is looking absolutely incredible. So, I mean, I guess we'll see. Uh, RJ, over to you. Oh, man. I mean, last week I had game of the week, Bama and LSU. Now, the one thing that really shocked me this game, and I'm going to tell everybody this as well. So Jalen Milrow went 15 for 23. (laughs) You know, all right, 219 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. So everybody's asking, how did Bama win? He had four rushing touchdowns on the ground. Man. I mean, I couldn't even have predicted that myself. I mean, 20 carries, 155 yards. The next closest leading rusher was Jace McClellan, who had 63. Dude. I mean, Jalen Milrow took the game kind of into his own hands, and he was successful doing it. I mean, this is kind of like his... Probably his best game he's played so was, far. Was this like his I'm I'm here, I'm here to stay kind of game? Definitely. Oh, definitely. I mean, compare I mean, he was putting up like what Jalen Daniels would do. I mean, yeah. or Jaden Daniels, I mean, he had 15 for 24, 219, two touchdowns in the air and then one interception, and then he also had a touchdown on the ground, but still, you're looking at this and both quarterback, I think I would think Milrow outplayed him. Yeah. I would really say that. And yeah, he did. I was not expecting that. I was expecting Jaden Daniels and this LSU team to kind of lead in and win, but yeah, they but didn't get the job done. And, Andrew, you said it. I mean, Bama at home, man, it's they're almost yeah. unstoppable, which is why I was a little bit iffy. But they had LSU had a lot of uh, hot coming up energy, so, I mean, you had to roll with them. Bryant Denny's a fortress. I had said it earlier in the year about Alabama's playoff hopes coming back in a pitcher, and guess what? Here they are. You look at their upcoming schedule, Kentucky's terrible. Chattanooga, the classic SEC tune-up game at the end of the year, and then Auburn, and then you're playing in the SEC title game against Georgia. So here comes Alabama. Milrose looking better than ever. Somehow, somehow, Alabama. I'll bring that back up once we go to the CFP ranking section because I I have a couple of good interesting scenarios for you guys. Yeah, they, but they, this Bama team's inevitable. I mean, absolutely. But also for LSU, there was there was one receiver's name that went a little bit too quiet that I expected to have a major impact, and it was Brian Thomas Jr. He didn't he didn't do anything. I mean, he really had what three catches and thirty six yards. That's not going to get it done against Bama. Like, yeah, Malik Neighbors, I would say, literally carried that receiving core. Uh, Ten catches, one hundred seventy one yards. And a touchdown. I, I mean, he can't do everything by himself. I mean, especially against Alabama and Bryant Denny. And you know how that stadium, that atmosphere is. They're very loud. It's one of the toughest places, if not the toughest place, to play in college football. So, I, I mean, it also kind of shout out to Alabama's defense. I mean, you're containing uh, Daniels and that LSU crew enough uh, to getting him, kind of shutting him down, getting the win on offense and or on offense and defense. Um, in Alabama outgained LSU. It was 507 to 478 in total yards. Um, LSU had the lone turnover of that uh, Daniels interception. And then uh, first, they also got outgained on first downs. Alabama had 28, LSU had 21. And Bama controlled time of possession. So I'm, as, as I'm going through everything here, Bama controlled the game, which we didn't really expect. I didn't. Ex- I wasn't expecting it, at least. like I thought it was going to be a good back-and-forth game. I mean, Bama kind of showed, like, hey, we're still here. We're still a powerhouse, and we're still coming for a playoff spot. Can they get it? If they went out and beat Georgia in the championship, 
Absolutely they can. So I praise Alabama and they you know they they were having adversity coming into this game because of Daniels' electricness and kind of saying, "Oh, here's LSU, they're storming back up." Alabama just put them right back down, I would say. And I, I there's not really much words because I wasn't really expecting that outcome, so but still, I mean, I got to give all the credit in the world to Nick Saban and that Bama uh, coaching staff. Yeah. And we can't even say that that <clears throat> apologies. Uh, we can't even say that that LSU team even played that bad. Like, Jaden Daniels had over 150 rushing yards. He averaged over 14 yards a carry. Um, They were get, they were getting it done. It just wasn't enough. I mean, yeah, if you want to try and beat Bama and Bryant, then you need to put up, like, incredible numbers. Like, still, I would say they're good numbers. Like, they're good for quarterback numbers. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I think what LSU maybe could have done differently was get more receivers involved. I think that's kind of the only thing I can even think of. So I think it's just overall Bama played outplayed them by just – I wouldn't even say a little bit. I mean, they outplayed them on both sides of the ball, which was very huge, and for them getting the win. Yeah. Um, Over to you, Andrew. Well, Bedlam, uh, Oklahoma State defeating Oklahoma 27-24. to uh, Ali Gordon for Oklahoma State. Not a – Crazy, crazy game. No 200 yarder, but still 138 yards and two touchdowns on 33 carries. Allen, <laughs> Allen Bowman going 28 for 42, <laughs> 334 passing yards, no touchdowns. I think that's an interesting stat there. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, what a performance from him. 26 of 37, 344 yards, a touchdown, an interception, and a fumble. Great performance. From a one or a Heisman front runner at one point, Drake Stoops, twelve catches, hundred thirty four yards and a touchdown. Yeah, Hunter Renfro two point I told you, you can't tell me <laughs> those aren't Hunter Renfro stats. They are. I'll give you that all day. And uh, Gavin Sawchuck going thirteen carries, one hundred eleven yards and a touchdown. As for the aftermath of this game, Oklahoma State is now tied first in Big Twelve standings. And they are likely headed to uh, the Big 12 championship game with a very favorable schedule left with UCF, Houston, and BYU. Oklahoma's turnovers killed them, three of them. And this Oklahoma team, their Super Bowl was Texas. It's time to admit that. They have played horrible since their big win. They've beat lowly UCF 31-29, lost to Kansas, and lost to Oklahoma State. Um... Okay, I just have a quick question. Uh, what happened to the Dylan Gabriel Heisman tracker? <laughs> he actually still is on there. He's just not as. There's high. no way. Uh, he, there's he, no way. He still is. That they kind of let that Kansas game slip because they didn't use him really. Like, could you say that? Like, he, they didn't use him in the passing game really. Yeah, but they Kansas still game. lost to Kansas. They still lost, and then he actually didn't play that terribly this game, but definitely wasn't Heisman level. I'm gonna say that. Oh no! But he didn't play bad. Oh no, definitely not. But his rushing game was atrocious. Yeah, he which did. which has been like a staple for him this yeah. year, especially he, against Texas. He's not winning that Heisman, I think. Now that's definitely. I mean, that was kind of oh, that was out of question like four weeks. Exactly. Ago. <laughs> yeah, like he yeah. had no chance. Oh wait, speaking of, right after the Bama game, do we think if he continues to dominate, dominate, do we think Milrow has a shot? Oh, no, he has a chance to be. Like you know, at least, on, uh, on to, TV, to be a, to on be a TV candidate. sitting in a suit, yeah, while, uh, while someone else receives the award. But yeah, yeah, like, I would, yeah, yeah. I'm saying like top three. I would say considered, but I think if you even want to be considered, you need to drop like amazing passing numbers. And I 
gonna have to take a guess and say you beat Georgia pretty handily. Yeah. I, I really don't think that it's gonna. I, I mean, this Heisman race, we no one really knows. It's kind of Penix, Knicks, and who else? Yeah, that's kind of what it is. He basically plays a Big Ten West. It's basically a whole lot of mid for the rest of the year until until the SEC championship. Basically, I'd say no to Milrow because he hasn't really had the uh, perf- or like season long crazy performances. It was really only like this uh, um, LSU game so far. In LSU, I don't think they have the most highly touted defense. Uh, they had a struggle in perform against against Mizzou. So no to Milrow. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. But Gabe, we heading over to you. Yeah, and oh, it's a bad day to be me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this was a very winnable game for Mizzou. You can't deny that. They, oh, they should have. <sighs> Schrader played great. He's Georgia's one of the best defenses still in the league. They're dominant. They're they've got a reign of terror and twenty two carries, a hundred plus yards, and a touchdown. I mean, what else do you want from him? But one name I want to bring up is Brady Cook. Yeah. And there was controversy coming in the year. Like, what do we need at quarterback for Mizzou? Was it going to be a healthy Brady Cook? Was it going to be a transfer? And they stuck with Brady Cook, and he's been playing great all year. This was horrific. This was his worst game of the season. Um, two 12 yards on under 50% completion rating, two interceptions, and one touchdown. The only touchdown going to Burden, of course, who wasn't that effective. He had three catches for, for over 50 yards. I mean, this was a bad performance for the passing game. And um, the interception that sealed it was terrible. It's a textbook mistake. When the screen pass is, you know, the floodgates are open on the screen pass, you throw it to the ground. And he threw that thing right into the stomach of a nose tackle. I've never seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like you, like like we've all been saying, honestly, especially you, they need to get Burton involved if they're going to be successful. Yeah, and they, they do. He's a superstar. He's still young and developing, but still, when he is your top receiver and one of the top players in college sports, you still have to get him active. It doesn't matter what his class is. That's why all these basketball players go first year. But with um, with Carson Beck this game, Carson Beck was great, okay? He he put up his normal, like, systematic quarterback-type type stats, 21 for 32, two touchdowns, 250-plus yards, they do, they're still doing that two running back scheme with Edwards and Milton with Edwards getting the higher of the carries. But Lyde McConkey has been good. Seven catches, 95 yards, no touchdowns. But ever since he came back from the back injury, it's been it's been easy sailing for Georgia. He's He's been a good acquirement since uh, Brock Purdy, uh, not Brock, <laughs> uh, Brock Bowers uh, was out, got out on t- uh, tight end. But this was a winnable game for Missouri. And... If I'm Georgia going into Ole Miss, there has to be things you have to fix. I mean, I'm going to say it. I know, Connor, you're really high up on Missouri because of Burden and Shader and what was Cook. But yeah. Ole Miss, I know, is Jackson Dart. And Judkins just came off a yes. phenomenal game. Yes. Judkins came off a phenomenal game. Dude, hotty toddy. I love that team. They're so much fun to watch. And I, I doubt that Jackson Dart will make the same mistakes that Cook did. So I'm not saying Ole Miss is going to win. I'm not saying I don't know what's going to happen in that game. But, you know, this leaves Georgia vulnerable. Oh, yeah. And I really think I've – been, I've been saying it. I haven't said a lot about it for the past few weeks. I love Jackson Dart this year, especially him with Judkins and all the, all the other weapons he's got. That run attack and that pass attack, it's lethal. Like, Lane Kiffin can't ask for any more on that offense. 
Yeah, I think that pretty much does it for this game. It was just, it was a very, it was, it's just frustrating. You were tied 10 to 10 at halftime. You had a horrific third quarter and you had a bad fourth quarter interception. Yeah. Uh, also, before we head to this week's games, speaking of Lane Kiffin, I got an ESPN notification that I believe it was Deuce Kiffin grabs a T and I was like, oh, Lane Kiffin has a son? It's his dog. <laughs> yeah. I ended up seeing that too. I was like, that can, what? That that threw me for a loop. I was like, I was like, dang, I didn't know Lane Kiffin's son was like a ball boy. Nope, it's his dog. But yeah, on to this week's games, and boy, are we kicking it off with a heater. We've got the Andrew game of the week. <laughs> Sending it over to you, my boy. Oh God! Send it over to the Big Ten matchup of the week. Not only is this. My game of the week. This is the game of the week. Oh, it's it's better than game of the week that I've got. Rutgers at number twenty-two, Iowa. Oh yeah, A N F A N F. The Big Ten West leading Hawkeyes. They don't care about offense. You shouldn't either. They've got a running back, Lashawn <laughs> Williams. He's got five point zero yards per carry. Just one touchdown on the season. Of course, Brian Ferentz will be gone at the end of the year. Offensive coordinator or something. I don't even think he like has a no, job, really. No, LaShawn Williams. Oh, Who is that? I mean, yeah, no. There's a really only defense for Iowa. That's all that matters yeah. at the end of the day. Oh, isn't there an interesting stat that you told me about their quarterback play? Cade McNamara is still the leading passer for the Iowa Hawkeyes. <laughs> I don't get that. There's no he, way. He hasn't played like, what, week four? It, it's been a minute. Deacon Hill is the quarterback for the Hawkeyes. It sounds, like, it sounds like a place in Philly. It, it literally does. It does. Coming from someone who lives in the Philly suburbs, like, it does. It's exactly what it sounds like. Some uh, key players for the Hawkeyes, linebacker Jay Higgins up for many midseason and uh, season-long awards. Uh, defensive back Cooper DeGene, he's very explosive in the punt return game as well as he can really uh, intercept. He's a he's a high motor guy. <laughs> he's great in the return game. Yeah, he he makes airplane signals when he's about to return. <laughs> now here's a guy, and of course punter Tory Taylor, the best weapon for the Hawkeyes. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> they score eighteen point four points per game, but they only give up thirteen point seven. Oh wow, they allow just under three hundred yards per game, and <laughs> All right, so basically what we're saying, for anyone who is legally old enough to gamble, slam the under. The under's 28. S- still. Oh, the under's, tw- wait, 28 total points this game. 28 total points. Oh my gosh. Wow. Do you know what the, do you know what the spread is? Iowa um, won? One? One? <laughs> One. Expecting like a 13-14 <laughs> shootout. Yep. Oh, it's gonna. It's literally going to be a patriots Ram Super Bowl all over again. Yep, it's going to be like Iowa misses an extra point and Rutgers wins by oh, like 14-13. As for Rutgers, I uh, saw them last week against uh, Ohio State, and they played actually really good. They held Ohio State. Uh, Kyle Manungai running back averaging 5.4 yards per carry. He's got seven touchdowns on the season. Uh, quarterback Gavin Wimsat, uh, 1,200 passing yards, <laughs> 6.4 yards per carry, eight what, touchdowns. What amazing names! Wow, dude these sa- these sound like these sound like Dollar Tree employees. Yeah, it's Big Ten West <laughs> names. It, yeah. Whoa, Rutgers is Big Ten East. Oh yeah, they're, they're East. Wow. Eh, they should be West. They sh- they feel like a West yeah. team. Yeah. 
My apologies, Mr. John Doucette. We love Rutgers. No, we, we love John. <laughs> we love Rutgers. I don't even think John likes Rutgers. Oh, he does. Oh, oh, he gives me great uh, Rutgers insight. Oh, God. Yeah. Always take the Rutgers spread. Rutgers, of course, is bowl eligible this year, and they score 27 points per game. Way too much for my liking. <laughs> <laughs> they give up 18 per game. Uh, this is going to be true. That's more than the total. <laughs> this, this is That's truly going to be a total. great game. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet Air Force is like your favorite team, Angie. You like them, like them, like seventeen to three scores they're putting up. I, oh, talking about Air Force. Oh wow, the Army loss. Nah, <laughs> a- Angie's favorite team's got to be Army. They run the ball and they chew the clock. No, 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 no. They, they just dropped fifty six. There's no ways it's their favorite team. No, Andrew, what is your favorite? If you were going to, like, yeah. there's independent schools that, like, chew clock, like a chew clock. We all know you chew clock. We've played your man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, hear me out. That would be a good bowl game. Iowa versus a service academy. <laughs> oh, my God. So, two service academies. <laughs> Phil, yeah. Phil yeah. wins the game. <laughs> a service academy. It's the first time yeah, I've it's, ever it's had a that. Ser- it's a service academy versus an agricultural service academy. <laughs> As for my favorite... School team, I would have to say the Iowa Hawkeyes. Kirk Ferentz has, I mean, he is just such a historical landmark to this Iowa program. Who's your who, Who's your second favorite? Lo, I mean, longest longest tenured coach, Kirk Ferentz. I have to go with West Virginia, and then yeah. the Ohio State. Okay. Oh yeah, I should I should have known that. Well, before we head over to the next game, A N F America needs farmers, and boy does that Iowa Hawkeyes football team produce them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hand it over to you, Gabe. Oh, I've got I've got a special one. It's the hometown team versus Oklahoma down in Norman. And last week, of course, Andrew mentioned that Oklahoma. I mean, it's Oklahoma State. It's ever since Gordon took over, it's been it's been great for them. They've been effective, and they know they're like the Titans when Ryan Tannehill did just enough and Derrick Henry was the focus. Back back when the memes were going around that Ryan Tannehill was practicing his cadence and then handing it off to a decoy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, they, it's still a loss, and they're, they're champion. They're, like, playoff hopes out the window. And, honestly, their Big 12 championship hopes could be out the window. Yeah. If, if Texas and Oklahoma State win out, which Andrew said Oklahoma, Oklahoma State has a favorable schedule in Texas. Quinn Ewers is back. They that makes any game favorable for them, honestly, in this Big Twelve. And last, of course, last week for Gabriel, he had three hundred forty-four yards, a touchdown, an interception, and negative seven rushing yards. Um, that that's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Uh, four carries for negative seven with a long of one yard, two wow. fumbles. <laughs> wow, that's a masterclass. Uh, the running backs. Ever since Marcus Major actually got injured, the running game has been pretty like way more effective under Tyree Walker and. Whoever Gavin Shawchuck is, um, he's a freshman, but 13 carries, 111 yards, one touchdown with a long of 64. I mean, hey, he's I'm, making his name known. I'm getting this man props, but again, no Marcus Majors for this team, and uh, Oklahoma had Mike Marcus Majors uh is out, and Oklahoma. I, I know, I know, Connor is gonna love this stat because I know how you like your rushing game. You like your rushing game quite well. Oh yeah, I, uh, li- I like Smash Mouth Ball. Oklahoma had three players with negative five plus rushing yards. Wow, <laughs> two wow. of them being wide receivers. Wow, so, 
Wide receivers, Drake Stoops, or like I like to call him Hunter Renfro 2.0, Danny Amendola 2.0, whatever you want to call him, whatever white wide receiver plays slot. Um, 12 receptions <laughs> for 134 yards and a touchdown with a long of 27. So he runs short uh, drag and out routes pretty much. And then Jalil Farouk, who seven receptions, 98 yards, and a long of 46, no touchdowns. But the guy I'd like to focus on for this game for Oklahoma would have to be Nick Anderson. And it's a weird name. He's their big, boom, wide receiver. He's only a freshman. And he, like he, if this was like the NBA, he would be a late-round pick if he was a freshman because he's 6'4", 210, and has blazing speed. And he's only a freshman again. So he has a lot of room to develop. And he, if he can learn the route run effectively, that he's going to be scary come in the future for Oklahoma. Yeah. And then on the defense... Of course, no Andrew Anthony on offense, which really hurt them. As well on defense, they have no Gentry Williams or Danny Stutzman. Those injuries are killing them. Oh, that Danny Stutzman Danny injury is Stutzman, definitely killing them. Without him in the run game, Kansas has exposed them. Oklahoma State has exposed them. And West Virginia just came off a 300-plus yard BYU game. I, I, you said about the terrible Oklahoma rushing stats. Um yeah. I would just like to say this. My glorious king, Jaheim White, would never. <laughs> <laughs> But he would never do that. Linebacker, the the uh, substitution for Danny Stutzman, linebacker Kip Lewis. He's a freshman, fifteen total tackles, so he's doing his wow. job well there. But the team had no sacks, oh none, and three tackles for us and three pass deflections. Uh, to put that in considera- consideration, one player on WVU had more pass defended than this whole entire Oklahoma State uh, Oklahoma team combined. That's terrible. Um, Billy Bowman had the interception on Gordon of all people. And, you know, the penalties, they had double the amount of penalties as Oklahoma State. Uh, they allowed nearly 500 yards. But when you're versing Ollie Gordon, he's he's that dog. I mean, he's been tremendous. Best running back in the league, in my opinion now, over Jonathan Brooks. Oh. It's controversial. And I can see if people pick Jonathan Brooks, but Ollie Gordon's been on a tear. And if he would play those last three games, I don't even, there's no doubt in my mind he'd have over 1,500 yards right now. But... Moving on to West Virginia, coming off BYU, and our favorite, our favorite player to hear speak, Slovis. He was talking all this garbage. Boom. He. Boom. I played as many. I played as many snaps as he did. Yeah, that's very true. He was on that sideline wearing a microphone, looking like an uncle who was lost on the sideline. Emergency backup. Emergency backup. Come yeah. on. So he was replaced by some JUCO player. I can't remember the name of. Um, Garrett Green this game 12 for 24 205 2 touchdowns no interceptions only 23 rushing yards which is not like him really he likes uh, Neil Brown loves to have him on the ground yeah I think I think it was because of who you're probably going to talk about next White yeah Um, Garrett Green though he's kind of scaring me a little bit because it's weird he either when the wide receiver is open he, he misses them sometimes and when he hits them sometimes the wide receivers drop it I mean, when that ball is thrown and you see a wide-open guy, there's a 50-50 shot it's going to be incomplete, which is terrible if you're a WVU fan. But Jaheim White, the freshman. Uh, he's a freshman. Five foot seven, 100, I think he's like 200 pounds, so Clyde Edwards-Hilaire type build. But Oh, he's way better than <laughs> yeah, Clyde yeah. Edwards-Hilaire. But that, that, that's disrespectful. 16 carries, 146 yards, averaging nine yards a carry. And C.J. Donaldson, our, our main back, West Virginia's main back, 14 carries, 102 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, these two are both... Uh, White, of course, is a freshman. Donaldson is a sophomore. 
And, you know, the run game for this team is so young. Like, this is a run-first team, oh, yeah. and it's a young backing group. Um, receiving game, of always, like always, it's usually very weird. Uh, seven different players caught a pass. Cole Taylor had a 43-yard touchdown catch and run. And Preston Fox had a spectacular back-of-the-end-zone grab. Um, and Devin Carter looks great in the slot. Ever since we moved him into that slot position, uh, he's been on a pretty good tear, but now he just has to catch the ball more. But WVU, one of the most impressive offensive outputs, 550-plus total yards with 330 on the ground, and they were pushing 350. This was easy. One punt, no turnovers. They just they just dominated in all facets of this game. Yeah, and I mean, this season we've definitely gotten used to West Virginia punting it a lot. Uh, it's great to see them limit that. And might I add that freshman Jaheim White is averaging 8.3 yards per carry on the year. Yeah, and I was going to get to that later when I do the breakdown of this week's game. But on defense, one point I want to highlight, Beanie Bishop. We all knew, we were kind of skeptical on the, on the secondary coming in. Beanie Bishop was, you know, from Kent State, which is one of the worst colleges in football right now. Um, <laughs> it's true, but... Five tackles, five pass defended. Wow. So it's he's he's been locked down. He's solidified himself as a top twenty uh defensive back in many people's eyes this season, not just ours, it's analysts, ESPN analysts, football yeah. analysts. They see him as a top twenty cornerback, which is great. And he's five ten, hundred eighty four pounds, which makes it even more impressive. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen him on a lot of lists of best transfers this year. Yeah. It's he's been balling. He out. has been an un, uh, unexpected impact, and he has put himself as you know one of those day three cornerback guys. But yeah. Ben Cutter, the freshman, filling in for uh, Lathan, who was phenomenal for West Virginia before he got the the gruesome leg injury. Six tackles, two tackles for loss, and a sack. And Lee Koba, of course, eight tackles and one and a half tackles for loss. Under three hundred yards total for BYU. Sixty seven rushing yards allowed. Forced one turnover and made them go 3-for-11 on third down, 0-for-3 on fourth. It was a complete game for WVU, arguably the best of the season. I would say so. I would say it's their most complete game of the season, both offense and defense. But moving on to this week with Oklahoma, WVU's got a, man, got a lot of in for it because they've only beaten Oklahoma once in the Big 12. While in the Big 12, which it was a windy rain game on a game-winning field goal. Might I add that was last year. Yeah. And the only person to go into Norman, Oklahoma and beat Oklahoma in the history of WVU, WVU is my man, Don Nealon. Oh, yeah. Greatest coach of all time and the coach that I pretty much told to screw off in the grocery store when I was like three. <laughs> 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 but Oklahoma has an 88.8% chance of winning this game via ESPN. It's another night game. Thank God I don't have to work this one. But Oklahoma... They found some sort of rush game with their younger backs and jaw chuck and Walker, but the defense needs to get better, especially on the rushing side. You let Gordon run all over you. You let everybody in the Kansas unit run all over you. Um, and they didn't even boast Daniels that game. It was Bean. Yeah. yeah. So they need to figure that out. Daniels, north of uh, 2,500 yards, 20 touchdowns, 5 interceptions on 70-plus completion rating. That's very good. Still, that rushing game, I think, is one of his most – undervalued assets and it was it showed and it, it's what won them the texas game honestly oh yeah uh for wvu offense needs to take care of opportunities they have these opportunities garrett green of course is one of the best deep ball quarterbacks at getting big plays when he completes them he needs to be a bit more accurate when it comes to that 
but I'd love to see Jaheim White get more carries this game. He has been a tear. When he gets over 8 carries a game, he is averaging 113 yards. If he gets double-digit carries, he's averaging 128. I mean, you have to give this guy more carries. CJ Donaldson has dressed for over 100 yards his last two games. Connor, uh, Carter is on his stride here in the slot. I mean, the defense needs to contain Gabriel. That's pretty much it. You got to limit the deep ball. You have three. West Virginia is racing three, three, uh, three wide receivers that run three different types of route concepts. You have uh, Stoops, who likes to do everything short. Farouk likes to do everything medium. And you got Anderson, who goes deep. It's, it's such a weird concept of whatever Oklahoma's wide receiving crew is at the time. But I don't even have to know what Pat Mac, who Pat McAfee is choosing in this Oklahoma game. He's taking the Mountaineers. So it's going to be me and Pat against the world. Oh, yeah. We are going with the Mountaineers 24-21 to 21 on a game-winning field goal. Again. Wow. Run it back. Again, we're running it back. Yeah, that's, that's a very important stat to note about Jaheim White. Uh, he is... He's a spark plug for this offense. He really He's is. a much-needed breath of fresh air and in that backfield. The thing is, and I hate to say it, but uh, Jaden Anderson, our second-string running back to enter the year, it's looking like he might have to transfer. Because if we have Jaheim yeah. Wright running like this, you're not replacing C.J. Donaldson. It's not no, going to happen. He's our feature and back. Jaheim Wright, I mean, Anderson, I think, is, a, is a, either a sophomore or a junior, but, I mean, you can't replace Jaheim Wright if he's running like this. You just can't. He's too valuable. Yeah. I mean, he has had an incredible start to his college football career. And now we are tossing it over to RJ. Man, probably the arguably, I mean, our games can be kind of flipped for best game of the week. But Ole Miss, the Rebels, Connor, one of your favorites. Hotty toddy. Going into Sanford Stadium to take on the Bulldogs of Georgia, who just got an impressive win over Missouri. Um, I'm excited for this matchup. I mean, looking what Jackson Dart has done. Um, last game he went 24 for 33, 387 and two touchdowns with important zero picks, which have throwing zero interceptions in any game. Obviously, it's the goal, and he, he he turning or not turning the ball over is very huge. It's going to be especially in this game against a very very good Georgia defense. Um, and Quinshawn Judkins, 23 carries, 102 yards, and three. Count it. One, two, three touchdowns. I thought, hey, he's something special. He's one of my kind of more underrated backs. I mean, I really like him. I think he's doing good things over there at Ole Miss. Um, Trey Harris, 11 catches for 213 yards and a touchdown to add on to that. Um, And then their other leading receivers were Dayton Wade with four for 80 and then uh, Jordan Watkins with five for 47 and another touchdown. Um, For Ole Miss here, I – I think overall you're going to have to question yourself, how is your offense going to play against a really, really good Georgia defense? And I think that's going to be the big question is, how are you going to get Judkins involved? Are you going to kind of do some play action a little bit to switchery or kind of switch up your play calling against Georgia so it's not kind of as obvious? Um, But I'm very curious to see how that's going to be for Ole Miss. But switching to Georgia, um, very impressive, like I said, win against Missouri where a lot of people I think were picking Missouri more than a little bit expected but I mean Georgia got the job done um Carson Beck went 21 for 32 254 and two touchdowns with no picks he's kind of beating that narrative now that he was kind of been getting uh carried by Brock Bowers um who did not play this game um but uh yeah it was Dejon Edwards 16 for 77 no uh no touchdowns and then Kendall Milton 9 for 44 and a touchdown 
And so I'm kind of curious to see if they use kind of like a, the, that two-back system. I'm very curious to see how Georgia's going to play with that running game and see kind of if they're going to try and not as rely as much as on, on Carson Beck or if they'll try to go a different direction. Uh, I have an interesting thought about this Georgia team. I want to see if you guys agree with this. Since Stetson Bennett left, Stetson Bennett has was the starter for a few years. Oh, you want to say a few years? He's been in he's been in college <laughs> since I've been in middle school. So <laughs> I think I was in the womb when he uh, accepted George's <laughs> offer. <laughs> he's been a bulldog all his life. Um, I personally think this is the worst Georgia offense we've seen since Stetson Bennett left, and. I mean, I think I think that kind of goes without saying. I mean, Dejan Edwards is a very good running back, and they have Brock Bowers, and he's still injured, correct? I, I yeah. mean, he comes back next week. Last time I did check, he was still not ruled out, but I'd be very shocked if he plays. I would be yeah. shocked because with ankle injuries, knowing that I've played basketball in life, those, you know, who if you don't play, like, basketball or football, you don't know how crucial an ankle injury is. Oh, You're yeah. Putting oh, it's all very, your, every time you step, every time you make a route run, every time you do this yeah. or that, you put tremendous amount of of weight on that ankle yeah, i mean every, definitely yeah every I major mean, sport yeah, yeah i even i'm gonna bring mine up for soccer i mean i oh, yeah. i rolled up my ankle pretty bad i sprained it but then uh, what i thought which it still kind of affects me to this day i only missed one day of practice to get a brace and then i was back out there the next day so yeah. it, it really kind of depends on the severity of the injury i think that's I, he had a more worse he had uh, to have surgery a, on yeah, it, yeah. He had surgery on it yeah but even him debating about coming back to this game is huge for Georgia moving forward with their season. Um, another thing I want to point out, uh, Georgia, is in their last game against Missouri, they had 34 minutes and 18 seconds of possession. Ole Miss, on the other hand, and this could be very concerning, Texas A&M out-possessed them. The Ole Miss only had 24 minutes and 23 seconds of possession, Ooh. while A&M had 35 minutes and 37 seconds. So, is it going to be more of we're going to see Georgia with the offense a lot, kind of rush it down Ole Miss's throats and kind of get the points that way, or is it going to be just a high action back and forth pretty close in time of possession? I mean, it could go either way. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I think will flip this game will be the fact that Ole Miss can pull out results by even when they're behind in possession stats. I think that, like you said, they were like, what, 10 minutes behind Texas A&M? Around and they, there, yeah. And they still pulled out the win. I mean, I think that's crucial because this team this team is nice. Like I said before, that this is the best offense that Lane Kiffin has been given. Oh, I mean, absolutely. This is their chance. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, they're out possessed by like around 11 minutes, and I'd say, yeah, it'd be 14 seconds. 11 minutes, 14 seconds. Yeah. And before you go on into some more things you want to say, if Ole Miss wins this game, do we think this opens up the SEC completely? This opens up so much because Georgia beca- drops down to three in the playoff rankings. Yeah. Behind. It's going to be more than that, I would think. I, I would- but. I think one important thing to note, if Georgia loses this game and Ole Miss overtakes that spot, do we think they have a route to the playoffs? Absolutely. Yeah, they're going to... Uh, huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't know. I see Andrew shaking it's his very, head. I'd have to look into it here real quick. I mean, we'd have to just look the, at there's SEC. One, there's one glaring game on Ole Miss's resume, and it's the only reason why they have a, lot, a loss in the column. It's Alabama. That yeah. Alabama game is so crucial. I mean, it's it's a it's a killer for them. But if the but if Alabama keeps rising up the ranks, that makes them look so much better. It does. It really does. I so we would see Ole Miss not be in the SEC title game because of their loss to Alabama. I don't see them getting in the playoffs. I want to see 
Although we have seen teams get in the playoffs despite not winning their conference, but I just don't think it would happen here. I, I mean, they really haven't had that, I guess I would say, resume. And all, most, I think, I believe, I just last checked that four out of their last five games have been like one possession wins. And it, it's not going to really get enough done for that committee. Um, yeah, Ole Miss and Alabama are in the same division. So even if Ole Miss wins and even if Alabama even drops a game in conference, it, it's still going to go to Alabama because of that head-to-head. So uh, that's not really a possibility. Yeah. But I mean, it's I mean, if they're in the other the division, definitely. But yeah. unfortunately, that is not going to be an outcome. But I, I have to say this here: Ole Miss, both kind of teams are reliant, I'd say, on passing. But Ole Miss has the advantage with Judkins on the ground. I would say a little bit more than Georgia. You could pr- honestly argue that either way. Um, I would say. You're going to need to give the ball to your playmakers if you're Ole Miss. I mean, Judkins on the ground. I would say just even thinking you have Trey Harris and even Jordan Watkins. I think Jordan Watkins needs to get more involved this game. He didn't really get too, too much involved against A&M. But I think if you're going to want to pull off an upset in Georgia, you're going to need to get your passing game and your running game. and need to be electric. I think that's a no-brainer. Um, but uh, Georgia is favored. Um, they have a 69.7% chance to win, according to ESPN's matchup predictor. Um, weather is not going to be a factor. Um, they're giving Georgia about a touchdown and a field goal advantage. Uh, that's what about what they're favored, round 10. So, I mean, I could really see an upset here. I mean, if you're a fan of college football, you love upsets. You kind of want to give it to them. But I, I, Georgia's been – I mean, they just had – I would say their biggest test, they passed it with flying colors. They got the win. I'm going to need to go with Georgia here. I think they most likely win by that 10-point margin probably. I'd have to think maybe, what, 30-31 to like 21. So around that 10-point margin, I think that's what it will be. Ole Miss will put up a good fight, but I think Georgia's defense in the end, just like they did last week, they're kind of going to stop either Dart or Judkins and maybe even force Dart to make a mistake and get that victory for the Bulldogs and improve their resume even more. Yeah, I I do agree with the Georgia. I do agree with Georgia winning. It's definitely going to be an uphill battle for Ole Miss, and I mean we'll see. I mean any any given any given Saturday, I will I will definitely be tuning in for sure. Oh yeah, uh, but that brings us to the game of the week, and that is it is my great pleasure to talk about Penn State for another like five ten minutes again. We have got. My number 10, Penn State, Nittany Lions. We are hosting that team up. <laughs> <laughs> that team up north. That team up north, number three, Michigan. Or as I've dubbed them, Lichigan. Because they're a walking L of a school right now. Um, I mean, last week, obviously Mich- Michigan had a bye last week. Uh, before that, though, they had a very dominant win over Purdue. Uh, Isn't that who they played last week, or did they have a bye week? They had a bye week. They had a bye okay, week. They had a bye week. But before the bye week, they, oh, played, okay. yeah, they yeah. played Purdue. They beat them 41-13. As you look at Cam. <laughs> I, I've got Cam sitting over there with his mic off. He's coming on for NFL. Um, yeah, he. Uh, yeah, I, I, I see that gesture right there. That's all, that's all, that's all I needed to see. Um, but Penn State last week with a very commanding win against Maryland, 51-15 on the road. Penn State's quarterback, Drew Aller, finally finding a bit of footing after that very, I would say, it was, it was terrible offensive game against Ohio State. Yeah, it, was, it was bad. 
Yeah, it, it, there's no other words for it. It was terrible. Let's say it was that, and then that Indiana game as well. Kind of both of yeah. them was. Ugh. I, after that Indiana game, I got very scared that this offense would not find their footing again. They needed this Maryland game. Absolutely. I mean, I got, I'm going to give credit here to Aller. I mean, he produced. He, I mean, he produced and he performed when he needed to against. I mean, this Maryland team isn't really as bad as people would say. I would think. Oh like, no. Before Ohio State played them, I know they were like at what. I think 26 in the ranks. So like they weren't they're not a bad team by any means. So still getting a dominant win over that Maryland team is very impressive. Oh yeah. Uh Aller had 25 for 34 uh 240 yards in the air and four passing touchdowns. Uh and he also added on 39 yards on the ground on four carries. But one person I would like to shout out Dante Cephas with two touchdowns. He this offense has needed that second wide receiver. Because you can't run the entire offense through Keandre Lambert-Smith in the air. Obviously, everyone's going to gravitate towards him. Dante Cephas has been quietly having a good season. And I think he's going to play a major role in this Michigan game. Oh, definitely. And something to kind of add, I'm just looking here at the college football scoreboard. Um, week 9 was Michigan's bye, and then they played Purdue. So, so they played Purdue was, last week? Correct. Okay. So, they, again, they were coming off a... Yeah. Again, another dominant win. Yeah, against but Purdue. still, I think if you're if you're Penn State here, and I am going to be a temporary Nittany Lion fan for this week, so we're oh, yeah. we're going to agree on this. I think it's going to be very a good yes. good gesture for sure. Little handshake in the oh, booth, here. definitely. <laughs> what is it like the 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 enemy of my enemy is my friend or something like that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's literally what this is. That is, is it. But yeah. I think if you're Penn State, I think if you guys want to come out strong first, running game, pound the rock. I think you have two great running backs. You need to use them the right way. And I think getting that, even just getting the run game involved and getting it, I would say, to an impressive start would give make Aller's life easier. So, I, I don't know. I think that's what Penn State needs to do. They need to establish that run game first and do it quickly. Yeah. And, I mean, last week against Maryland, 158 yards combined by all runners, two touchdowns. But the highlight of this game was, again, the defense. The defense went off. Now, something that I know they I know Maryland has Talia Tagovailoa at quarterback, and they probably don't need to run that much. We held them to 16 carries for negative rushing yards. Negative. They didn't have any positive running yards. the The longest run of their day was four. Jeez, four. That, that's impressive. And I know they're not known to be running a running team. But you have to have some kind of balance. Yeah, but still, I mean, if you're holding any team to like negative rushing yards yeah. for the game, yeah, for the entire game, that's not easy. I believe it's, it was negative 15 rushing yards, geez. negative double digit rushing yards. That's even more. It's a more of a rarity, especially yeah. now with college football. How like if you can get your passing game going, you obviously get a running game as well. So I mean, that's that's really huge. I think for your guys' defense, I mean, improving, improving. This is going to be, I think. It could be a low-scoring kind of defensive battle it, it clash. It could be, yeah. I, I, I would not be shocked if we see that at all. Yeah. And, I mean, four turnovers forced, two fumbles, two interceptions. Uh, standout linebacker Dom DeLuca looking amazing again with another pick on the year. Six sacks and 12 tackles for loss combined. But another guy that was very solid for them, I know Andrew is definitely going to be happy that I'm talking about this, kicker Alex Felkins was <laughs> lights out, hit every single kick up there. I believe he was six for six, which I mean... That's honestly concerning if you're kicking six field goals. No, I mean some of them were extra points, but okay. every time he was called upon... I thought you meant like he kicked six field goals. I was no, like, no, oh no, 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 no. But 
Honestly, that's a very good sign because Michigan, one of the staples of this Michigan defense is holding offenses to three. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking here. Yeah, Falcons had only three field goals, but he hit all three and then six yeah. for six on extra points. So it'd yeah. be, he total of, he'd nine. be a total nine, nine for nine. nine. Yeah. But still. I mean, anytime you go 100% for kicking, whether it's field goals or extra points, that's a good sign. Oh, definitely. I think kicking is uh, an aspect in football in general that gets super underrated. It's a lost art. And, yeah, especially. <laughs> and Andrew's not as head Andrew over there. shakes his <laughs> yeah. head. Yep. It's a lost art. Well, when. Games get close, and especially in a game like this, special teams matter. Yes, those they do. missed extra points, those missed field goals, they come back to bite you. Oh, that's, yes. that's my appreciation for it. Oh, yeah, especially being a Cleveland Browns fan, and this year being uh, the first year we've ever had a, do- a fully dominant kicker since Phil Dawson. Um, yeah, <laughs> we, we appreciate kicking here. Yep, special teams is very important. You hear that, NFL voting? Devin Hester should be a Hall of Famer. I agree. He should Devin be. Hester should be a Hall of Famer. Special mile. teams matters. By and, Cam, and Cam is violently so, nodding his head. If Cord- I lo- bear, showing love to show, the Bears. Showing love to the Bears, but Cordero Patterson makes it in. Yes. I mean, like, seriously. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Cordero Patterson even said, like, I'm holding this jersey for Canton when he broke the uh, all-time kickoff return. Yeah. Record. I mean, if he gets in, Hester should go in before him. Yeah, they should both be in there. They should be there side by Well, they're obviously not going to be there side no, by side. No, not you know, it's it's such a closely race for Canton. Like I know we're going off topic, but NFL Canton race is closer than NBA because I don't want to take nothing away from JJ Barea. But if you're a first, ba- <laughs> if you're like a what is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? That's crazy. <laughs> you serious? That <laughs> I didn't know speaking Spanish was an accolade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. We need to get we need to get going on the rest of this Penn State game. All right, so. Obviously, Michigan has looked very good against all of the inferior opponents they've played so far this year. Um, One thing that I believe J.J. McCarthy has been... I mean, you can expect him to be really good when they don't play anyone, but he's been great. Bowling Green. Oh, I, I was just about to say that. When you throw three picks against Bowling Green, you have everything to prove in this Penn State game. This is where he proves his worth. If everyone wants to go, and I see a bunch of people like, oh, J.J. McCarthy, top three. He's top three in Heisman. No, oh, man. You are high. <laughs> you got you guys missed a fun. Uh, so before we check re- yourself into rehab, if you think J.J. McCarthy is top three you're in the just, Heisman race. You're telling like half of Michigan to go into rehab right now. Yes, go into, <laughs> go into rehab. Gaze so, in blue. So basically what we did, I showed Connor a list um, from CBS before we uh, kicked we're, off. Oh, we're going to get into that later. I'll, oh. need, I'll need to pull it back up for oh. everybody. But wow, that reaction was legendary. Oh, man. It, you'll, you'll probably hear a very similar reaction again. It was bad. But one thing that is very important to note, it is a home game stripe the stadium for Penn State. You got, I will say this before. You guys got robbed a whiteout. Yes, we game. did. Yes, and we did. You, we can, sh- you can blame Michigan Fox be for that. Out. Yeah, I hate Fox. This but, was it. it was the... You guys, do you guys get guts? Was, yeah, it was that. We should. Yes, it it's will big be noon. Fox Big Noon with guns. Yeah, that's going to be an absolutely amazing game. That was very loud. <laughs> uh, apolo- apologies to all of our people listening with headphones. Um, so one thing that's important to note is that Penn State is favored, although very marginally, fifty point four percent chance to win, which I was a little shocked at. Uh, I know it's it's bad. Um, the game is at Beaver Stadium, like I said, is stripe out. Which that's, that's probably why you guys are the uh, matchup yeah. predictor favorite, but Michigan is favored around by five points. Yeah. So it's going to be a one possession I mean, game, the, e- which... the ESPN odds have Penn State very marginally. 
But, I mean, there is a lot to guard on this Michigan offense. Namely, Roman Wilson, who has 10 of the 18 Michigan receiving touchdowns this year. And someone else, which it pains me to say this, Blake Corum has 16 rushing touchdowns this year. It's what he 16. does. 16. Yeah, it's kind of easy when you play really bad opponents. Well, but, like, six, still, six, 16, 16 rushing touchdowns crazy, yeah. in nine games. He was a Heisman candidate not too long ago. As he should have been. He deserved that. And that pains me to say that, but Blake Corum deserved that Heisman not last year. Um, but Penn State's key to winning this game is efficiency on third down. We saw it in the Ohio State game. 0 for 16. This is James Franklin's prove-it game. It's prove-it for both sides. It's Drew Aller and, and James Franklin, and it's J.J. McCarthy's prove-it game. Uh, I, I got a fun little question for you here about James Franklin. Oh, no. If you guys, if, because his record against it's Ohio State and that team up north, horrible. If not now, then when? Yeah, what does he have, like one win against them both, and it was one win- the blocked field goal game at home against Ohio State? Yeah. Do you, if you guys lose this, do you even consider like making a change eventually? I mean, we signed him on that long deal. I mean, it's I don't even know. We honestly we should consider making a move, but I mean, this game will be a very big tell. I mean, the Ohio State game, at least we kept it close with Ohio State. It was 20 it was 20 to 12, right? So yeah, it was a very it was interesting an eight point game. game. Yeah. Yeah. But there are a lot of keys to winning for this Michigan team, especially since Kalen King, I'm assuming, is going to be guarding Roman Wilson. Obviously, he's going to be drawing a lot of attention. Um, so tight end Colston Loveland should be getting, no pun intended, a lot of love on offense because he's going to be getting a lot of checkdowns. They're going to be running a lot of tight end outs and they're going to be running a lot of running backs out of the backfield, Donovan Edwards, namely. He's been absolutely instrumental in this passing game. But I think something very important to note, he's going to be checking it down a lot. He hasn't seen pressure like this all year. He's been playing very inferior opponents. I mean, obviously, he's been playing Big Ten teams, but this is his first-ranked opponent this year. It, yeah, and, it's, it and it's the best def- uh, one of, if not the best, defensive line in the country. Do you guys have chop? I believe Chop is healthy. That would be huge if you had if you guys have Chop because I feel like you guys didn't have him for Ohio State. Well, pretty much didn't have him for Ohio State. We had him for the first quarter ish. Maybe I mean if that that was a huge loss. Yeah, but obviously if Chop plays, JJ's going to have a run for his money. But I think it's definitely going to be a battle of the double headed backfields. It's going to be Singleton and Allen versus Corum and Edwards. Now, on paper, Corum and Edwards is definitely the better backfield. But I do think it's going to be a very close game. It's going to be a battle of the defenses. Uh, now, I will admit, Michigan's defense hasn't played very good offenses all year. They've been playing, I don't want to say USC schedule, but they've been playing cupcakes. Similarly, it's, pretty much. USC may even have a better schedule than them. Like, when your feature games like Indiana, Nebraska. Nothing. It's nothing wow. it's nothing eye catching. And that's the problem yeah. that I think everybody's I mean, some people I mean, definitely the reason where they're ranked the way they are in the college football playoff, and I was very curious and we'll get into that later, was um strength of schedule and Michigan's is like near a hundred, I think. Yeah. 
It's um, it's bad. I mean, I mean, props to you, uh, Jim Harbaugh, for beating UNLV, but I. JJ McCarthy's only been sacked eleven times this year, so I think the pressure's going to get to him. I mean, this offensive line has been very good, but you got to think there is no offensive line like Penn State and Ohio State's right now. They're they're two of the best offensive lines in the country, and they play both of them in their last three games. So we could definitely see some flaws in JJ McCarthy. I'm probably going to regret this, but I can't bet against my Nittany Lions in this game. I can't. Andrew shoots up oh, hearing that. Oh, As Andrew no. shoots up. Oh, I'm curious to see what he has to say. I, I'm I'm very interested. I'm gonna go. Obviously, it could go either way. We're probably we're probably gonna end up getting like destroyed by Michigan. But I'm gonna go Penn State 28-24. Wow. I I I can't bet against my wow. Nittany Lions. Let, let Andrew talk. Yeah, he, I want to hear this. I, I need to hear. This. I want to hear. I want to hear an Ohio State fan defend Michigan. Oh, this hurts. But I think Michigan wins and covers. What's I mean, the spread? It's like five. Four and a half. Michigan so by a touchdown? Covers. I actually, I think Michigan could win by ten. I mean, Connor, I hate to admit it, but there's a reason why people cheat, because it's effective. <laughs> oh, that's exhibit, true. Exhibit A, the Astros. That's true. <laughs> exhibit B, Louisville basketball won a national championship. Exhibit C, the Astros. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to have to go with Michigan. I don't know how that's a fair. That's a I fair take. You can take either team. And it's not like Michigan's terrible. It's no. Just, oh, God, no. It's just like I'm just going to have to, like, going off of previous history, I know this is a different year, but I, I just have a feeling Penn State, after that Ohio State game, I don't know if Drew Allen can really handle it and you forget that michigan's That's, defense is still yeah. solid i'm, lo- I'm looking at this game here it's a 12 o'clock kick which i was hoping it was going to be an evening game but i see it's a, tw- oh. it's a 12 o'clock it's obviously big noon on fox oh my god you can go either team and obviously if you're penn state your home crowd is going to give you an advantage um seeing how mccarthy plays under this pressure I'm going to be very curious. Now, my winner is only going to win by a field goal. It's it's close. It's going to be down to the last seconds, and they're going to win it. Penn State. Let's go. <laughs> I, I mean, Let's go. And, and the, killer for, the killer for me here for is for the, this that team up north, I haven't seen anything. You haven't played anybody, and I, I think McCarthy, the pressure eventually is going to get to him. It's going to have to happen in some game, and I think this is the game that it finally starts to kind of affect him a little bit. He may still have a decent game. I'm not saying oh, he's yeah. going to play horrible, and Corum might go nuts and carry the offense, but it's going to be off a, off a kick. That Penn State defense, I mean, they've been playing electric. They're They're riding high. And we'll have to see how Allard plays. I think that's the big X question mark. But I think give me the Nittany Lions by a field yes, goal. Sir. 24-21. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Allard, play play Kerncraft. Play Kerncraft. Allard, once again, is the X factor. As long – Yeah. And, and with Coach Fracon as well. I think no, they're, they're both it, it, X factors. It Honestly, it doesn't have to be Allard. If that run game gets going, it doesn't have to be Allard. Uh, yeah, but you still, guys have you're, Allen and Singletary. Those are two – That's a that is an extreme backcourt. Singletary? No, single. <laughs> Singleton. <laughs> Singletary. Yeah, no, Singleton. But I'm Devin thinking Singletary. Of, I'm thinking Devin, but yeah, Singleton, but Nick my, Singleton's been crazy. My only problem with that is, though, what if your run game gets shut down and you have to rely on Auer? Then that's when it's going to be scary because I don't yeah. think you can fully rely on Drew Auer. But, I mean, hey. Not we'll, yet, at least. No, not yeah. not yet. He's still a younger quarterback, and, I mean, he should be a uh, redshirt freshman. He should be a freshman, yeah. yeah but, uh, but yikes. It, these are the games. Like, I know the Ohio State game was his first test, but now he's got a little taste of what it's like to play a huge time opponent in Ohio State. This is where you decide: Am I Brady or am I Derek Carr? Like this is what you kind of get. <laughs> yeah, but you got to think he played against 
a hostile Ohio State crowd. Now he's got the crowd in his favor. Exactly. Yeah, that's going to be very huge. And I think with that, the way that de- it's the defense, it's that Penn State defense is what's going to keep him in that game. Yeah, I, I'm curious. I'm very. It's very exciting. Obviously, we're all going to be on watch for that. I can't wait. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be it's going to be a game for the ages. I think it's definitely going to be this could be a program turning around game because Penn State against ranked opponents has been absolutely dreadful. I'm pretty sure if if my math is correct here, um, no stereotypes, but um, <laughs> we got oh, um, no. we got Penn State if they beat Michigan, and then Michigan beats Ohio State, would that put Ooh. them in the in the Big Ten championship? No, no, it won't because then each of the three teams would have a it'd be like what like maybe a seven and one conference record. Ohio State has the edge over. Uh, that's actually a very good question. I'm not sure how that what, would yeah, actually how go. How would that go if we split? Um, one one one. Yeah, and it's like cause uh, no, okay, no. Actually, I think they might either go by strength of schedule or some like points for. It's oh, got to be might, something. They, they can't go by overall record either because you guys were all no they're undefeated not. during conference play. So. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I I think it might have it maybe. I think it might go with points. Yeah, and which Ohio State I'm pretty sure would win. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah I, I think Ohio State would get. The you edge. guys would be very close, so you guys have had some high scores. I'm oh, actually yeah. going to look that up next episode. If that is the case, we are definitely going to talk about that. And would it be Would it be point differential? It's combined records of the three uh, teams' West Division opponents. So, like Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, their three Big Ten West opponents. It's their combined records. Really? Or something weird like that. Really? Which right now it says that Penn State is not good on the tiebreaker, so they need Ohio State and Michigan to lose twice. Wow. Um That's I mean I mean if we're gonna if we're gonna go off that case then, I mean just going Big Ten West, I'm gonna hear look really quickly at who Ohio State has played in the Big Ten West. Um oh, wait, we have wouldn't we have the advantage because we played Iowa? That is true, but I thought because of re- you said it was record, right? Combined record of teams, and we'd play Iowa because they're ranked. I would neither th- of you, neither Ohio State or Michigan, have played Iowa. It's true. I would think I if I shut them out too. We've played. Oh, yeah, that was a huge game. Yeah, it was we've played Wisconsin, and then we're going to be playing Minnesota, and then so they versed the two and the three, but you guys have versed the one. Yeah, is Purdue in the east or the west? I think it's east, right? Yeah, Purdue is Purdue is whatever's. Opposite, we've only yeah. played. They they will only would have played two west teams. Oh, that I'm looking at. Wait, no, Indiana's not in the West either. Oh, wait. So we end end, Penn State ends the season with Michigan, Rutgers, and Michigan State. Hold on. Yeah, so you guys would be playing against. Hold on, uh, I'm going to find this out. We we already played three West teams. Hold on, hold on. I think I just figured it out. No, I lied. Okay, they they have played Purdue. It'll be Purdue, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. So it would be the last play. I'm going off a. That's a good resume. This current standings. It'd be uh, three and four in Wisconsin and Minnesota, and then Purdue, and then you guys haven't played Nebraska, or you guys don't play Nebraska, do you? Nope. No, we play Rucker. Oh no, it's East. That's East. You guys don't play another West team. I'm pretty sure. Uh, we played. But you guys have only that, played, I, that we played Iowa. Iowa. We played Northwestern. Northwestern. We played Illinois West, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're both four and five. That's the killers. You what about play, what about Indiana? No. East. They're East. Oh, Last that's right. In the East. That's right. They're East. So yeah. I, I honestly think that would go to Ohio State or or that team up north. I think even if I mean you guys are kind of out of it, which which 
Well, I mean, definitely out of it with a loss, and that. But we're saying for our, our listeners, this is hypothetical scenario. If Penn State does end up winning, it it no, uh, it might. It, it might. could. Anything it, can happen. I'm I'm wouldn't be shocked by either outcome, but still, hey, yeah. Let's let's move on. A lot yeah, of yeah, that was that's, spectacle. We are way over time. Um, yeah, we are. So let's kick it off with the AP poll. Oh, the CFP poll. Oh, the CFP poll. Oh, yeah, yeah that's poll. right. Committee poll. It's the committee poll. We are into committee poll season, and it's a bit of an interesting one. We've got. We're gonna start from twenty-five as usual. Go up to one. Uh, Kansas State going down to twenty-five. They only dropped two. Uh, North Carolina sitting pretty at 24. Tulane at 23. Iowa at 22. And Arizona at 21. Both getting nods. We got Notre Dame dropping to 20. LSU dropping to 19. Crazy. Utah at 18. Oklahoma deservedly at 17. Kansas at 16. Oklahoma State at 15. Good old Mizzou Tigers at 14. Rocky Top at 13, Tennessee, Oregon State 12, Louisville at 11, Penn State at 10, Hottie Toddy Ole Miss at 9, Bama at 8, Texas at 7, Go Ducks 6 at, at Oregon, Big Bo, Washington at 5, Florida State at 4, Michigan at 3, Georgia at 2, and Ohio State keeping locked in at the number one spot. I'm going to make out a couple of points here, and everybody can add on to this as well. I'm shocked Ohio State stayed at one. I, I yeah. thought they were good. I, I would have been, been perfectly fine with Georgia going up to one. Yeah. Um. But, that I mean, I'm going to assume this committee must like Ohio State's resume pretty good. I, I think it came down to, like I said, that was a winnable game by Missouri. It came down to the quarterback having the absolute worst game of the season for them, and it was very winnable. Ohio State against Notre Dame. Notre Dame could have easily won that. Notre Dame, they kind of fooled the bag with 10 players on the field twice, but they would dominate that Penn State game. Yeah. They dominated number 10 Penn State. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, that's two top 20 wins. Um, I, I guess, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it's a resume game. Um, top eight is the same. Uh, I'm going to look down here. There was someone, yeah, actually, uh, Arizona at 21, I love that. Arizona. Oh, yeah. I saw a Give stat. them their flowers. I believe it was, I think it was three teams with top 25 wins, and it was like Alabama, Texas, and then Arizona. Just, it's, those, not, it's, that's not it. a, it's not a team you usually lump into that category. No, absolutely not. So I think even with their three losses, I mean, they're still a deservedly so ranked. Um, I wish K State would uh, be twenty four over North Carolina. I would f- swap those two. I don't. North Carolina's. Eh. I mean, they kind of at this point are kind of putting teams just to put them up there. I mean, it, it gets difficult towards this time of the year. Um, looking here, Notre Dame dropping five. Understandable. I'm not a fan of LSU dropping down five spots. Oh no, I not mean, at all. Bama's really good. It was in Bama. I mean, it's kind of how everybody um, expected it. Uh, that I was a Bama fan, I would say. Yeah, I'm honestly a little surprised that Oklahoma is still above Utah. I don't, I don't like that either. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, you can make the case for both teams. I could understand that yeah. Utah was looking kind of shaky, and then Oklahoma's been definitely shaky. Yeah, there's a lot of interchangeable ones. I think, I know, I know it's going to come off as biased, but I think you can switch Penn State and Ole Miss. I mean, you could, but. Penn State, that Ohio State, it it, it would be fifty fifty. I mean, like yeah. you can those either points that 
only all the only game Ole Miss really played bad in was Alabama. Well, I mean, honestly, um, looking at last week, even Ole Miss with a very narrow win against a shaky Texas A and M team, and Penn State with a dominant win over a should have been ranked a couple weeks ago Maryland team. I think they're very. I think they're a lot closer than some people expect, and depending on what happens, I mean, both Penn State and Ole Miss are playing top four teams. I mean, if Georgia kind of destroys Ole Miss and Penn State keeps it a little bit close with that team up north, I could see in the next rankings, like Penn State would be like either at, we'd say, 11 or 12, and then Ole Miss could be at that 13 spot. I could definitely see that. Okay, um, so uh, before before you, before you yeah. go on, I would like to pose a question to you guys. Again, uh, it's about Penn State. Sorry uh, we keep talking about Penn uh, State, everyone. All right. If they beat Michigan, where do they jump to? I think if Pence, if these, if w- what score, how much? Say they beat them by a touchdown. Say they beat them by seven. seven. Okay, I think you'd do this. You'd be at nine and one. Um, you definitely jumping Ole Miss. I'd well, say, definitely. I'd say, I'd say at least eight, if not seven. I'd put them at seven. I'd say seven's would, a pretty I would comfortable move one. down. I would move down Texas because uh, I don't. I don't think they jump Oregon. I, they don't jump. No, no they don't jump. Right. And I mean, honest, I mean, honestly, highest. if you see Washington losing this week, you legit they're sh- playing a good Utah team. You shift everyone down, but you also have the consideration that Georgia game for Ole Miss is very winnable. Yeah, and that can really shake it up. So if Michigan and Georgia lose, Florida State's in gold. I mean, Florida State is in oh, heaven, yeah. and Washington could sneak in if they want to bump, say, Michigan out. Let's just say Michigan because yeah. they're third. Um. It, it's there's a lot of possibilities. A bunch of teams have already left the top twenty five. I mean, USC is no longer on there. Yeah, it's it's a toss up. And I, I'm trying to think. I'm looking at it here. So I could definitely see. I think Penn State at very lowest would be eight. Um, seven would be maybe a little bit of a stretch. But I mean, if not, if they are at eight, it, it'd be a super like razor thin margin, like. That'd be it'd be such a huge win. I think that team up north would at least drop to like six, five area. But then everybody's gonna say, "Oh, head to head." So then that's where it's gonna get very, very tricky if that does end up happening. It would uh, that team up north still be ranked over Penn State? When I would, I think Penn State has a better strength of schedule. Correct? Yeah. So, geez, they might downfall that team up north then because that's why they're yeah. at three still and michigan has no type of resume so if they lose oh, no. if they lose to penn state you've got nothing yeah well to this point they have but they have the hardest remaining schedule that's they the do. thing just nothing before it ohio state and penn state you've got to be kidding me like Dude. that's a nightmare for Michigan. I mean, yeah if you're looking at you but at current rankings you can't look at future like that you deal with it when the week comes yeah and it's the same thing with georgia they're versing Ole miss and then they're versing uh tennessee that's a nightmare. For I mean, them. if Georgia beats Ooh. Ole Miss, they're jumping that Ohio State. Also, oh yeah, that, easy. Yeah, regardless, that game is also at Tennessee. Yeah, regardless if it's Ooh. at three points. I mean, Georgia, Georgia with a big win in Neyland. That, yeah, that's, that'd be huge. This is resume boosting. These next couple of weeks from Michigan and Georgia, these are the two teams that we've talked and talked about. They have not versed competition. These are their prove it weeks. These are their prove it weeks. These, this is where we'll see them drop, and this is where we'll see them fall. These are the worst times to do this. Because like we said before, some random game in week 14 can drop you five spots. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of different teams you could talk about on this poll. I like, um, I'd like to bring out the, uh, the Premier League quote for Louisville. It's 11. It's heaven for Jamie Vardy. <laughs> Louisville, are sit- Louisville, Louisville are sitting pretty at 11. I mean, 
Talk about a season for them. Talk, hey, talk I mean, about minus, it. A- minus pit. Minus pit. ACC yeah. ball. I mean, hey, they've kind of defied a lot of odds. Um, so shout out to that Louisville team. I, I really, I mean, I'm impressed with them. Shout I out mean. to Arizona. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of one of my newer favorite teams Dude. that have entered the Dude. top twenty-five. Sh- honestly, if we're talking about shout out, shout out to Kansas. They're sticking in there. They're not just a basketball school. They are not a I basketball said school. Duke, Kentucky, and Kansas were all winning, and it was like if I see Gonzaga in the top twenty-five, I would I would blow a blood vessel like <laughs> to begin the year. Oh yeah. Hey, but there I was here at twenty-two. Uh, before we kind of do switch, I am going to pose uh, my usual weekly scenario at the end of the year. So this is like last rankings before the playoffs. So we're gonna say. So I'm gonna list out kind of the bigger. Um, conference championship winners hypothetically and we're kind of going to see where everybody ranks so we're gonna uh i'm gonna go here and say um ohio state narrowly beats that team up north and then probably destroys the big 10 west opponent um you gotta take that abuse andrew oh come on it's they're gonna destroy the big 10 the big 10 uh east uh, west team or whatever it would it's all about getting there to the big <laughs> It's unrealistic <laughs> that anybody from the Big Ten West beats Ohio State or Michigan. Yeah, it is unrealistic. So, yeah, you can interchange either Ohio State or that team up north. So just put whichever one. We'll probably put them in. Most likely it'd be one or two. Um, George, uh, I were, you know what? No, I'm going to make it a little bit interesting. Let's say Bama beats Georgia in the SEC title game. I like it. I like it. Jalen Miller has gotten to a groove. Yeah, we'll say Bama beats him in the title game. Florida State, I think, wins the ACC. Uh, ACC's kind of no. dumpster fire. I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know about that. I FSU, Louisville? Louisville would be crazy. I think still FSU I do, takes I, that would That would be my but favorite game. I do like Jordan Travis in that Cardinals game. He's, he's too good, man. And I mean, Plummer's been... He's solid. Plummer has not been a he's not been a bad quarterback. He just hasn't been outstanding. Yeah, that FSU defense is also something that really can't be messed with. Yeah. Oh, and no. then, oh my God, the Pac-12. I go say Oregon. Oregon. I'm saying Oregon right Ooh, now. I, I stand my ground. Oregon. I, if it's Washington and Oregon, I'm going on. Oregon all the way. So Oregon takes revenge. Yeah. And then Big Twelve. We're gonna say Texas. We're gonna say Texas. because Texas. That's oh, kind yeah. of the only team that makes sense right now. <sighs> What would be your top four? I'd say Texas or five. I don't think Texas make the top Texas four. Texas doesn't have a strong enough resume, in my opinion. So, say Ohio State wins out. Okay. Ohio State won. I think that's pretty much consensus. So, they beat Michigan, correct? In this scenario. They yeah. In, they, in this scenario? Yeah. I mean, so the, you could put the winner of that Ohio State, that team up north game at one. We'll say that. I'd say, And you said uh, Bama beats Georgia. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State won. This, jo- is, oh, this is where it gets interesting. Just on strength of schedule, I'm going Oregon too. I would, yeah. Oregon two, FSU three, and you know what? Just because they beat a lot of teams, I go Bama four. Yeah, I think that, that's kind of the. I think that, I think that, that is exactly my list. Yeah, yeah. I think you, that I think that's the only one you can do. The only thing that I could see interchangeable. You could, you could switch Oregon and FSU. You could, but I feel like Oregon's strength of schedule. I think is undeniable. I think, I think honestly, because Bama have played many good opponents. Or. Many. I mean, even this, uh, even if Florida State still doesn't lose a game, could Oregon jump them just due to strength of schedule and the fact oh, yeah. that, that Florida that's State the only reason a, I'm putting above them. Florida State had a tough half against uh, Pitt last week. It's something to keep it, a note of. It's uh, the committee's watching. The number one definite if they win out is Ohio State. Undoubtedly, mm-hmm. unanimously should be number one. You know what? You know what? I think 
in this scenario, say say my list goes through Ohio State one, Oregon two, FSU three, Bama four, Bo Nix Heisman. Yes, I think that's an yeah. easy. Yeah, I vote. think the only reason Bo Nix isn't number one is Bucky Irving. Yeah, I hate to say it, and I love Bucky Irving, but he is holding Bo Nix back from a Heisman. Well, no, he, but he's holding him back from the Heisman, but he's boosting that Oregon offense. Yeah. He is. Yeah. That, I, that Oregon offense is nothing I wouldn't him. trade it for the world. I, if I'm Oregon and I'm like, oh, Bo Nix is not going to win a Heisman because our running back is good. I'd trade I, odds at a natty I for would that. Not, yeah, I would, I would trade that Heisman for a natty. Like, oh, yeah, serious, easy. Right? Easy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that Oregon team's more focused on winning than Bo Nix is focused on winning a national championship than oh, yeah. that, honestly. But I think, wow, I mean, more kind of concessions. Obviously, if Washington were to flip it and still win against Oregon, Washington would take their spot. I would assume in this, if we're or, we, or is that where we get different? I'd go a little different there. Really? I'd uh, well, obviously, if Oregon beats them, Oregon's two. But then you go into the little bit of debate whether you'd put Bama over them or not over Washington, because uh, Bama's played way better opponents. Yeah, than Washington. I I would honestly put, I would put Bama above them probably at three. Bama's, I'd say Bama's I'd say it's looked way more dominant than Washington. So I think if Washington wins the Pac-12 and the same games go through, I'd go Washington four. So it'd be Ohio State, Washington, and then Bama versus what? Who is that? Two Oregon? No. Oh no, it wouldn't be, be Oregon. It would be. Who am I missing? It would FS- be Bama FSU. Yeah, Bama. Oh, ooh, that'd be ooh. a great game. Ooh. Oh, that'd be a great game. I think, yeah, I mean, that'd be a national and championship I mean, then of Ohio and State I mean, and the winner. Honestly, I don't think it's a question. I think Bama beats that FSU team. Yeah, I think that's probably what it'll go. That'd be an interesting kind Ohio of— Ohio State-Bama national— A little rematch of Ooh. a couple of years ago. The but. only thing holding back Bama is their O-line. I mean, that's yeah. just the only thing. Definitely. Yep. All right, we are still way over time. Uh, we are going to kick off the NFL section. I would like to welcome Cam here. How we doing, buddy? Well, we're doing good. I have recently learned the Cubs have the fourth best odds to sign Shohei Otani. So, okay, I'm stepping hey, to the sh- mic. Chicago, yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, am I good now? Yeah. yeah, you're good now. Oh well, Chicago does have the fourth best odds to sign Mr. Otani. So, but I think we don't have enough crops to feed the cow. He's coming to Philly. Yeah, no, he's, he's coming to Philly. Bryce Harper's first base. Re- <laughs> he's re- a tiger. <laughs> re- re- oh, Reese, Reese is gone. I'm going to cry myself to sleep. <laughs> but on a different note, I would like to welcome our first guest on this podcast, Nico. How we doing? Hey, I'm uh, I'm doing all right. I'm just hanging out. Yeah, it's it's good to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. And we are heading right into the NFL part. There is a lot of news in the NFL, and I see a very, I see two very fond emojis next to Martavis Bryant's name. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did not add those. So Martavis Bryant, former Steeler legend wide receiver, he was gone for a couple years off drug charges. He finally got reinstated and he signed to the Dallas Fraud Boys. Well, Dallas Fraud Boys. Martavis Bryant is not what like when he was at Pittsburgh, oh my he's goodness, bro. Yeah. Um but he is like I said before, the you guys. He's Chase Claypool before Chase Claypool. He literally is, yeah. He went to the Raiders. <laughs> Ra- Raiders picking up an Antonio, uh, another yeah. Pittsburgh um, disoriented receiver. So yeah, and uh, in other news, uh, Hellman's mayonnaise uh, poster boy, pretty much Will Levis is named the starter for Tennessee Titans. Uh, we've got a very sad moment. Daniel Jones out for the rest of the year with a torn ACL. You it. hate to see it. Boo-hoo. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't even hear boohoo. Yeah. It's even worse. I feel bad for Daniel it's, Jones. It's a Giants team now that's even more in the dumps, kind of. I think it's going to be a, a rough year for them. Do we think they get Caleb? 
Yes. Could. Probably. They definitely Honestly, could. I could see them trading up. Yeah. If, I, I, uh, if they don't get like the, like the two or the three anyways, they've only got two wins. I mean, they're going to be up there for They're going to sure. be able to trade up. Oh, yeah. I see it happening. And my favorite news of the week, former Giants linebacker Blake Martinez is finally done his stint in the Pokemon world and is back. <laughs> I mean, leading tackler in 2019, he... He's back and he signed for the Panthers. So going back to the NFL just to throw your career away again. Wow. Panthers need any help they can get. They lost Shaq Thompson. They lost everyone. I mean, it's not good. It was kind of a no-brainer. He was obviously going to start for them like day one when he came back. And with Bryce Young's best connection being to Kenny Moore, I mean, like, that's going to be – it's rough. Yeah, it was definitely pretty rough. Do we think he's going to make a big impact this year? No. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah. <laughs> to be no. honest, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest here. It's it's not looking good for the Panthers. And we've got Cam over here with a absolute Dubstep. Oh, fire. it's it's a it's a horror show on Thursday night football tonight. tonight when we yeah. when we are recording on Thursday, we have got an absolute dumpster fire on Prime Video, per usual. Bears, Panthers. How would you would you like to start us off with that? <laughs> <laughs> this is such a bad game. This is worse than when they played Washington. Honestly. How do you schedule this? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Tyson Badgett's making his fourth start because Justin Field is whining about his thumb again. It's a thumb. <laughs> Have you ever tried to throw a football with a, it's, with is a it in thumb? A, is it in his throwing hand? Yes. That's why. Yeah. I feel like it's pretty obvious that that's why. But um, other than that, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think the Bears are winning. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. That's bad. Yeah. Mm. Um, I really think that Tyson Bashan just isn't enough, even though we did have a vi- – we looked really solid against the Saints, even though they are the Saints, one of the middest teams in the Three NFL. Three interceptions. Well, do you know the ineptness <laughs> for the Panthers this game? Uh, yes. I, Brian I, Burns, C.J. Henderson, LaVisca Chenault, D.J. Chark. Oh my God! If you guys don't find a way that to is, win. You have like no tank the season. Yeah, that's like tank that's the Brian season. Bones without two. God, that's they like, find, yeah. Did they find Lavisca Chanel like, off the street or something? That that, that tweet that, that tweet is literally 2020. If it was words, yeah, all those players are like from the past. Oh, no, it, Brian Bones is a dog. No, than, really I mean, good. obviously, other than Brian, Burns, he's going to be one of the top free agents when he goes out. C.J. Henderson, aka Eli Apple, if he was a little taller, um, he gets he's burnt toast. Yeah, now. I uh, just be quick here. The Panthers are zero and four away, so hopefully we can beat them. But I think that the Panthers are gonna win um, twenty eight twenty five. Nice. Twenty five is such a strange score. Twenty five? Okay. That's yeah. a lot of points. You think Bryce Young is putting up twenty five or twenty eight points? Actually, that's way too many. Let's talk about twenty five. This is football. How the hell? I think the worst. <laughs> I think the worst thing is that you don't trust your team to beat the Panthers. I think the no because you know what's gonna happen. The Bears are gonna pull a, a Denver Bronco. They're gonna they're gonna have twenty eight no. points in the first. How do you have twenty five right. points? <laughs> All right, let's let's just move on from that dumpster fire. Some safety's uh, gonna happen. <laughs> let's go let's go over to Gabe in the NFC East. I have one thing to say. Sam Howe has protection. Finally, they 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 substituted that that offensive line group, and you know he's got protection. Four he's been sacked four times in the last three games. It's a blessing. <sighs> he has the opportunity. Finally. He has the opportunity. I kid you not, because two is on bye week. If he throws for more, if he throws for I think thirty or forty more yards than Patrick Mahomes, and he gets over one hundred fifty, he will surpass Tua for number one in passing yards on the year. That that's that's crazy. Now to me. he's like top five in attempts and like top. 
I think he's number one in completions already, which is crazy to even say. Um, but he is the future, honestly. Now, if we're having another RG3 situation, I'm going to uh, bury myself and cry in a hole. <laughs> Just I, like RG3's career. I will have all four of you um, dig me in. But, you know, I, I'm liking it. The defense looks okay now. I mean, it's the Patriots. But uh, Martin got in, our safety, our rookie safety, got his first career interception. You always love to see that. Emmanuel Forbes, after um, being A.J. Brown's son for a week again, um, <laughs> he allowed two catches for about like 14 yards on seven targets. So he was effective. It was a good week. And our pass rush, percentage-wise, on pass rush percentage, was the best of the whole year. Wow. Without Montez Sweat and Chase Young. That's very interesting. It was like one of the highest totals we've had all year. Now, granted, it's against the Patriots. That's probably why. Yeah, that's true. They are the number one team that's not in the playoff wild card right now. So you guys are number one in the hunt. We are the number one in the hunt. Um, of course, it's it's very close. The Vikings are five and four, being the last team, and then the forty nine, and then the Seahawks and the Cowboys are both five and three. So, yeah. and Washington versus the Seahawks this week. So, if Washington theoretically beats Geno Smith somehow, I'm not. I don't know how they're going to do it, but maybe they can. Um, yeah. <laughs> they will be five and five. Seahawks will be five and four, and you know Washington's now up for grabs. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be very interesting, but before I hand it over to Eastern Ohio, I'm going to tell you about the worst primetime slate I think I've ever, like, feasted my eyes on. It's one of them, that's for certain. Yeah, we want two minutes, Joe. So, for Thursday night tonight, uh, Carolina versus Chicago, that's bad enough. Oh, no, it gets worse. Uh, Sunday night football, Carrie Underwood is... I, I don't know why she'd be singing for this game. The New York Jets take on the Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> in an absolute mid-off. And then we've got what I'm assuming is going to be a blowout, although we did see this team take down the Chiefs. Somehow, by some grace of God, the Denver Broncos travel to ice-cold Buffalo. It's going to be a lot closer it's, than it's, people think. It's ice-cold in temperature, and it's ice-cold in passing. <laughs> <laughs> that, talk about the the, the nine thirty a.m. game on Sunday. Oh yeah. my god! Oh <laughs> yeah, you didn't see that? Didn't oh you? yeah, we, we, we want two minute Joe. Oh yeah, yeah. they are. Oh, we they, did. they are heading to Germany for another mid off. They've got the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Patriots. That's nah. a tier below a mid off. That's a that's a that's a below mid off. Below it's average a, off. It's a eh, off. Yeah. It's a ooh off. <laughs> but. Handing it over to Cleveland. This is for you. Yeah, no one's waking up to that uh, Colts-Patriots game. Me and Nico will take this one over. Um, for the Browns, it's very interesting. Um, shutting out Arizona 27-zip. Nico, we are both a fan of that defense. We played really good. Um, unfortunately, we had a couple on IR now. It's going to be Jedrick Wills and Cam Mitchell. Um which could affect us, but Newsom coming back is very huge, but also Dewan Jones not practicing. I mean, obviously, if Jones is in practice, I want to hear how on, on this offensive line, it's going to be very, very key if he's not there. Oh, it's it's going to be shaky. I mean, if you don't have Dewan Jones, let alone you don't have Conklin, you don't have Jed Wills, it doesn't look good at all. And, um, I mean, you're going to have to find some guys to fill in the holes. But it finding good tackles in the NFL is never – an easy thing to do. What are you laughing at? 
nothing. Continue. Continue. <laughs> just keep Continue. going. Just keep going. Anyways, it's nothing. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be rough if Dewan Jones doesn't end up playing. But I mean, I, I still think the Browns are going to have a good shot to get, uh, with this game against the Ravens. Julio Collins. Oh no, just no. Um, no. The, I mean, we're going into Baltimore. Um, the last time the Browns played the Ravens was in Cleveland, and it was an absolute trash show. <laughs> no, Andrew. Nah, James Hudson. Man, I don't know. He he's not the worst. It could be worse. <laughs> it, it could be worse. I will say it could be worse. Um, but I'm very curious to see how Deshaun Watson plays against this tough, very tough Baltimore defense. He's for the most part he's getting into that stride. This is this is the biggest game of his Browns career against the Ravens right now. Yeah. It's I mean seven and two versus five and three. It's going to be an amazing game. Um, I'm very curious on how Amari Cooper and David Njoku get involved. Um, I want to see also some increase in the running game because I don't want everything being on Watson because if that's the case, it's just not going to go well. I think, Nico, you can agree with that. It's not going to work. Yeah, you, you have to use Jerome Ford. You have to use Kareem Hunt. you got to establish the run game. And then if Deshaun Watson's on his A game, you can get it to Cooper. You can get it to Njoku. You can get, even get it to Tillman. I mean, you got guys that you can get the ball to. It's just whether or not Deshaun's going to have the time with loss of a lot of our tackles absolutely and even those halfback screens that i know with when trouble's in the lineup we utilize those immensely i would say um but it's gonna be a very interesting game um baltimore they, i mean they're giving about a touchdown them to be favorites i don't really blame them I, i'm i'm very uh scared about this game i just want the browns to keep it close but if we pull off an upset i mean this season it'd be such a huge turnover for the season because this is like arguably our toughest remaining battle of the season, besides when we play the Cincinnati Bengals and Cincy very in Week 18. So I, I don't know. I'm very curious. Uh, but I mean, the Browns. I mean, we've seen more better unexpected things this NFL season. So I mean, I'm, I'm still keeping hope. I'm, I'm very curious. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people call the loss of Jedrick Wills a net positive. Eh, yeah, kind of a little bit, but yeah, still. Yeah, I see I Andrew mean, nod his head back there. Wills, though, he's kind of, these past couple of weeks, he's been kind of playing his better weeks. He's actually not been playing bad. Uh, I'm not really a Wills, Wills fan myself, but he has been getting better this season. So I'm very curious to see how the Browns will kind of adjust to that. That's why I think the, the status of Jawan Jones is going to be very huge. And if we have him, it's going to be way better if we have him, obviously, than if we don't. Oh, yeah. And sending it down... A little farther south to what RJ still calls Kentucky, Kentucky. for some reason. Yep. It's not Kentucky. Yep. It's it not. Is. It's it's very nearly Kentucky. Close it's not enough. Kentucky. I don't want to be if affiliated with that state. <laughs> I don't blame you. So we have got my Cincinnati Bengals coming off of playing against the second best Josh Allen. Uh, he has lost his Josh Allen privileges. He to the other Josh sucks. Allen in Jacksonville. He, he's tied. He's tied. It's a four-way tie for uh, number one in interceptions, and Josh Allen is one of those four. Yeah, Sam I mean, Howell is also one of those four. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at least Sam Howell has an excuse. He's playing with traffic cones on his offensive line. This is true. Um, I mean, it was it was a great win. I mean, that last touchdown towards the end of the game, it kind of I I don't want to call it a garbage time touchdown, but they, it looked like they were going to come back for a little bit. The stat, the scoreline didn't show how well we dominated the Bills. I think it was a very commanding win for that Bengals team. We forced a lot of turnovers. We forced a lot of punts. It was a great defensive game. But then again, the offense was rolling. Joe Burrow looked like his old self again. He has been looking like his old self for the past couple weeks. And this Bengals team is rolling. And we're rolling back into Paycor Stadium to take on the red-hot C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. 
<laughs> this is good. I uh, this is gonna be a great game. What was that? I don't. Uh, Gabe sounded like an elf. <laughs> it's not Christmas yet. I I am a Texans fan. Unless, I, I mean, unless the Texans are playing are playing Washington, I yeah. am a Texans fan. I'm. I've, we're all Texans fans. I'm a Texans fan unless they're playing the Bengals. So I'm gonna have to root against the Texans. Yeah. This I mean, year. hey, low key under the Christmas tree, I low key want to see Jay Stroud jersey. I know. Man. Yeah. Especially him being from Ohio State. I mean, I I hate I've been rooting for him. I hated him when he was at Ohio State, but now seeing all this stuff about him in the media, he's such a good role model. He's a great leader. I mean, he's just doing it right now. Yeah, this pro- he's single-handedly proving tests don't mean anything. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I Talking don't. I don't. Test who? I don't take tests. I play football. That's uh. And I mean, the quote that he had about football players want to be basketball players. Basketball players want to be football players. We all want to be baseball players. I mean, I, I saw that and I'm like, okay, I, I see his I, mind I, process now. I know, I know what he's going at, but I don't at the same time. Yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of get it, but I, I kind of it's very it, confusing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, before I get into my Cincinnati Bengals, I've got a little question for you guys. Do we think that if the Texans make the playoffs, CJ Stroud should get MVP votes? Uh, yes. uh, well, yeah, a couple. Yeah. At least yeah, you got to give him a little yeah, bit. Like four. I don't think he's going to win he's, it. Oh, no. No, he's not going to win his Offensive no. rookie of the year is his to lose, though, no question. Oh, yeah. By a mile. Especially with Bijan falling off a little bit. And Richardson getting and hurt. And Richardson get. I mean, Richardson was his main competition because Bryce Young sucks. So, I mean, it's not really his fault, but. I, 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 told, I talked to you about this. So, I think Bryce Young is a good quarterback put in a very bad situation. Well, you put anyone in Carolina and he's going to suck, especially Andy Dalton. Oh, yeah, that is true. I mean, he's, I mean, he's a great – no, no I'm, not, I'm not. Oh, my <laughs> God. This, this, this seems like another David Carr uh, situation. Yes, very much so. It's a little implicit bias there, the red rifle. But the Cincinnati Bengals are going to come into this game a little depleted. T. Higgins is most likely not playing. He has not practiced all week. Jamar Chase finally got back to the practice field this week. Yeah, I, I real quick. I think I don't know if it's been reported or confirmed, but I've I'm, he might be even rolled out now. But like yeah. they don't expect him to play. I think that's what it is. What they said is in a report they asked the team what he was going to be doing this week, and they said that Jamar Chase is mentally preparing to play. Mentally through, preparing. He did practice today. And he di- he's still dealing with a lingering back image, or a lingering back injury, not imagery. <laughs> image. My fault. <laughs> My fault. Put that put that on the highlight reel. Um, but I mean, the loss of T is huge. Uh, he had a great game last week, over 100 yards for the first time this season. Um, Tennessee, he helped me beat you. Yes, he did, and I was very mad, but I was also very happy because I love my Bengals. Uh, Jamar Chase is most likely, if he plays, he's going to be very limited because he is our main He's our main threat on offense. Oh, definitely. We don't do anything without Chase. But honestly, this receiving core is pretty deep. I mean, there's a lot of no-name guys, so say, but Trenton Irwin has been a very big force in this offense. He gets touchdowns. There is a rookie on our team. I cannot remember his name. He just got a touchdown against the Bills last week. Uh, rookie out of UCLA, I believe. Um, but this wide receiver core can take some hits, especially if Chase is limited. I think Tyler Boyd is going to have an amazing week this week. Please, because he is on my uh, other fantasy roster. I could use some points from him, please. <laughs> but I think what is going to carry this offense this week is, if not Joe Mixon, I think Drew Sample and the tight end group is going to be very important this week. The Texans' linebackers aren't really the greatest. 
And I think, obviously, Drew Sample having a touchdown last week. We've got Irv Smith, and we've got, I cannot for the life of me pronounce or remember his name, but we've got three solid tight ends. And I think we could run two tight end sets. We could honestly have a lot more uh, run blocking. So Joe Mason could get more holes. He could get in through meet me in the A gap pretty much. (laughs) But I think it's... It's anyone's game this week, especially with the injuries. Mixon, just real quick, Mixon has to have more production. I think that's oh, kind yeah. of no question. I've been saying that for weeks. He's He's been very lackluster this week. But I'm going to leave it at that for the Bengals. And just before we end off here, we are going to check the fantasy standings. Cameron is violently raising his hand again. What do you have to say? My Lord and Savior is back. David Montgomery, Montgomery. is back. <laughs> well... I love Coach Campbell, okay? Don't get me wrong. But after how Jameer Gibbs has been playing, if you do not give Jameer Gibbs more touches... Cam, did I not say that to you earlier, that Gibbs is going to be the feature back? I don't care. My <laughs> Lord and Savior is back. You'll care when he gives you three so points. He, so he's going to be Jamal Williams like last year. He's going to drop 25 points. Oh That's crazy. God. Oh, God. There's Cameron's crazy take of the week. All right. So... Cam, your team is five and four, I believe, right? Or four and five? No, I'm six and three. You're six and three. Yeah, he's six yes. and three. Okay, I had the standings in front of me. There is a four-way tie for first. Um, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and then me and John tied at five and four. Um, he's ahead of me because of points. And then it's you, Gabe, and then of course our Travis Fulgham enthusiast Dom, and then Ian at the bottom. We don't care about Willard. No, he well, doesn't. Dom, nah, nobody cares. He doesn't check his team. Dom is playing. I would say Dom is playing Austin. He has a fifty-five percent chance of winning, and he is without Austin is not Tyreek Hill and Darren Waller. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> He's down two skill positions, and Dom All still right. has a chance of losing. I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to go over my injury situation. Um, James Conner is returning from IR this week, supposedly. Uh, Justin Jefferson was designated to practice window. Uh, that is huge for a lot of fantasy owners around the around the world. Um, He's still on IR. Yes, I see Andrew grittying over there. That's a terrible gritty. Um, <laughs> so there's one guy off of IR. Uh, but then once I get one guy off of IR, then there's four guys questionable on my team again. So it's one guy in. James Connors back. Four guys questionable. I mean, I just can't Jeez. catch a break with injuries. And I'm still 6-3. and three. I don't know how. Hey, waiver warrior, man. Yeah, waiver warriors. I am starting CJ Stroud this week. As much as it yeah. pains me, I want him hey. to go off against my team. Hey. <laughs> Thank God you didn't play him last week. <laughs> I, w- I would have won. God. I would have won. Talk about talk about an explosion. Oh yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll go next. Um, I got a really key win. I demolished John. I was shocked. Got a good win. Uh, my guys finally decided to play some uh, football and actually score, especially Chris Olave. Finally, a touchdown. Um, the only guy who really didn't do much for me was uh, Jalen Waddle, shockingly, but he had some like injury thing, so I I get it. But Njoku had like what was he at twelve point six? Yeah, Cooper basically had twenty five. Chiefs defense gave me fourteen. Lamar didn't do much really either. Derrick Henry nineteen. Eckler twenty one. Those two combined, awesome for sure. Um, but now going up against Andrew, I am favored against you, Andrew, which is very interesting. But I think it's because of the kicker thing. I'm not sure if it gives you projections or not on it yet, but we're we're about 50-50, so we have a very interesting matchup there between the both of us. And now considering I have Alvin Kamara and Ayuk both in the lineup. Fraudulent trade. Hey, hey you got to be you got to pull a, a Andrew Barry sometimes. Yeah, that's and true. And then I'm debating about putting in Debo. Um, I'm still debating that out, but it's still going to be an interesting week. 
Yeah. I mean, I play Ian, so I think if I lose to him, even though with all the injuries, I can have a bit of an excuse. If I lose to Ian, I might delete the app. Should be worth two losses, yeah. not one. No, <laughs> I'm not I'm not playing that game. That's a dangerous game. Yeah, I guess we'll ending fairness to it me because uh cool. Nineteen points. That was nuts. That is more than That's Justin crazy. Hobart and Travis Kelsey and uh, Tony Pollard combined. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, he was ridiculous. Uh, Travis Kelsey, no T Swift. He was left to his own devices, and he had four points. <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? And of course, uh, Rashid White had the game of his life. Twenty-eight points, pretty much. That'll never happen again. It will not. But I'm happy. <laughs> And thank God for Pageant because uh, the three interceptions to the Saints defense really helped me win. Yeah, that was not ideal. Oh, no. <laughs> three interceptions, two fumble recoveries for the Saints. That's five total turnovers for the Bears. Yeah, real quick before I set it off, um, a little bit of transaction report for our league. Oh, um, no. Did Dalton drop Gaskin? Yeah. Yes. And no. picked up my backup tight end that I had to drop for a defense. Yep. Which oh, I, I didn't want to drop anybody on my roster, but I knew I had to drop someone. Ferguson played good last game, too. I know, but yeah. I needed a defense, and every point matters for me. So uh. I had to drop him. And then uh, Ian got Kyler and dropped Pickett. So fair enough. Yeah. He's I been mean, playing this week. Patrick Mahomes on bye week. That's very true. That's probably yeah, why he has I got half it. his players on bye week, by the way. Ky- yeah. Kyler is very boomer bust. Yeah, if you lose, you're a fraud. No. Yes. His, his guys are going to go off if I lose. And half I, his guys a- are on bye dude, week. Dude, A.J. Brown's on bye. He's my main point scorer. That's very fair. Justin and, and, Jefferson is practicing. And he's not playing, though. He's oh. not playing this week. He said he's not coming back until he's 100%, which sucks because I, I need that. him. I need him so bad. Alrighty, so we are going to end it off with that. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Sorry for a bit of a long episode today. We had a lot to discuss for college football. There's a lot going on. And, again, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, We're going to plug the socials, check the Twitter and the YouTube. They're all on our link tree, especially if you go to our YouTube at STP underscore pod. That's the Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. I, yeah. Did I say YouTube? Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's, that's the, the X formerly known as Twitter. Yeah. That is the Twitter, now known as X. Uh, the link tree is in the bio of the Twitter. So if you guys want to check us out, show us some love, that'd be very much appreciated. Thank you guys for tuning in and see you guys next week. See you guys. Peace out. <laughs>